With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, welcome to Silent Podcast, the place that we're everything but silent. I'm your host, Isaiah, back again with another pressure cooker interview. This is our third one. First, we had Gina, then we had Ed and Robbie together, and now we have the runner up of the season of Pressure Cooker, Chef Mike. Chef, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning. You know, just chilling, snowy here in Michigan, you know, so uh, <laughs> trying to not drive off the roads and stuff, but we're doing great. All right. And again, we have my co-host, Jake. Jake, what's going on? So happy to be here. So happy to be chatting with the man, the the myth, the legend, the chef, the Mike. (laughs) All right. So we're just um, here to to break down uh, Mike's experience, uh, you know, anything with the game and the noble moments and all that fun stuff. But Mike, uh, the first question we wanted to ask, you know, like obviously the show's over, uh, you know, Netflix and the rest of the world has seen everything. Uh, how have you felt since you've been off the show? Um, you know, it's kind of weird. So since the show aired, which by the way, we filmed it like last March, like I've known it existed for like a while. It just takes them forever <laughs> to edit all that stuff, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like brand new news to me. It's like, yeah, I knew it was coming out. Like, what do you mean? You know, but anyway, um, so what's really weird is just like how much your phone blows up after being on something like that. Like I've gotten like 15,000 followers on social media and like people are just like, like constantly sending me messages from around the world and all this weird stuff, you know? So that's been kind of wild, which honestly, like, you know, I don't hate it. You know, like, obviously if you have a message, send it my way, but like, you know, it's getting a little wearisome at this point, you know, cause I don't want to like leave anybody hanging. If someone sends me a message, I don't want to just ignore them, you know, cause that's a real person on the other side of that screen, you know? Um, so that's been kind of weird, but besides that, you know, it's honestly, it's just been business as usual. Um, you know, we've been kind of booming. I'm really working on like getting some stuff ready for, uh, this commercial kitchen I've been working on. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff, like, you know, putting in molding and, and calling contractors and all kinds of different stuff. So that's, I've been having a busy January for sure. Okay. Um, Jake, uh, so you can start off. Yeah. So with the show being released, um, like we said, thousands of people seeing it, your reception from them, how, how have you felt about your, uh, reception from the fans themselves? Yeah, I would say, I would say besides the first episode, the Netflix portrayed me, you know, I would say in a, in a bright light, you know, mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, honestly though, one thing that other contestants have came out and said this, and I'll say it too, I don't think they, you know, really showed the world who, who I am, you know, which is fine. You know, like they pretty much like they only took like snippets of me talking about cooking and that's it. Cause like I lived in that house for three weeks. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I did all kinds of different stuff that weren't about cooking, all kinds of just fun stuff, whatever. They didn't show any of it. I seemed like so serious on the camera. You know what I'm saying? Cause like they just took, they'll take like 15 seconds out here, 30 seconds out there and kind of just piece something together. Um, so they kind of made me seem like a cooking robot, if you will. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, uh, like I said, it could, they could have portrayed me worse or better, so I'm happy with how it was. Can yeah, I uh, ask you? Oh, sorry. Oh, God, 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 God. So there's one specific moment that I wanted to ask you about in episode one, Mike. Um, yeah. It was probably, in my opinion, one of the funniest moments in the show, and it was really a moment that got me hooked into it. It was when you finished your dish early and you started sweeping the floor around people. <laughs> was there anything else like that that you did throughout the time or just funny little things that just oh, showed yeah. like your personality <laughs> yeah so it's so number one me sweeping it was like part of it was like, like i said i didn't know what to expect i've never been on a cooking competition show and i said you know what maybe it will make people like my competitors freak out a little bit if they see it's five <laughs> minutes left and i'm already done and i'm like waiting for them you know what i'm saying um so I, so that's why I did that. You know, it's kind of like more gameplay than anything else, you know, which honestly, after like the second competition, I stopped with all the gameplay. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going <laughs> to cook food. Like that's the easiest way for me to play the game. Right. Um, but, uh, I did, dude, there were so many funny things. Cause like, so what people don't realize is like when you're on one of these shows, it makes comedy pretty, pretty easy just because like you always have these mics on you. So you can talk to producers you know what I'm saying? You can talk to producers. There's certain things we weren't allowed to say, but we would, like, say them anyway. Like, there's all these camera guys running around, and sometimes, like, you might bump into them or just, like, weird stuff that would always happen. It was hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think of just, like, some examples. Like, so one of the examples I've been talking about, which I, th I thought was so funny, I did it the whole time, is uh, we had this, like, producer, someone named Christy. 
and we had all mm -hmm. these mics. So everybody hit their mic on you, and like Christy could hear everything we said. So if someone said something really dumb, like if Ed said something like like stupid, I'd be like, "Hey, Christy, can you cut that out? Can you just like can you just like knock that out? Or, like you know, edit that out or something." And it was just so funny. Like anytime someone would say something stupid, I'd tell Christy to edit it out. I mean, they did edit all of it out, but it was pretty funny. Um, just little weird things like that that just made it really entertaining to be on that show. Um, a lot of funny guys. Ed was hilarious. Brian was super funny. Um, Robbie was pretty funny at times as well. So it was it was a good time. Um, so watching the show, right? First of all, before we even get into like some deep specifics, uh, how was the show pitched to you? Did you did you audition for it, or did someone come to you? Uh, when we talked to Gina, she was saying that uh, you know, it was pitched to her like Big Brother, where Robbie and Ed were like, oh, it's more like Top Chef. So how was it pitched to you? Let's see. So I just was pitched like you know, it's a cooking competition show where you're gonna live in the kit, what live in a house with other chefs. That's how okay. it was pitched to me. And honestly, just like this was kind of like my first show or anything like this. I had been interviewed for Chopped before and like Guys Grocery Games, but I never got on those shows. Like they interviewed me and then didn't take me. Mm -hmm. Um, so this one I was like, okay, hey, here's a pretty good opportunity. And then like the interview process was long, man. They contacted me in like October, okay. And then the sh I didn't go out to LA until March. Wow. So that whole time it was like interview after Zoom call after interview. I had to have a psych evaluation. They made me send them 30 photos of different outfits that I was, mm. that I would potentially wear on the show. All kinds of different stuff, man. It was, it was wild. All kinds of different photos. They had me do videos of me cooking, um, you know, getting photos that they showed on the show, but you had to have like the signature of who was in the photo and who took the photo for all this. Like, it was just all this lawyer stuff, all these NDAs, every, it was wild. You know, it was a lot of stuff until I got to LA and the worst part is they let me know one week before I got there. Literally one week before I fly out, they say, hey, by the way, we accepted you for the show. And they kept telling me like, hey, man, you should probably not book any dinners for March. Pro probably a bad idea, but we can't wow. tell you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, bro. Like, just let me know if I'm going on or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sheesh. So that was kind of annoying. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of how it was pitched to me. It was like top chef, but in a house pretty much. Yeah, so I was going to say, uh, within the first challenge, like, uh, definitely you left an impression, specifically on the show, where, like, you were, like, the loudest in the room, you were very uh, unfiltered, like, um, especially with, like, critiquing people's plates and everything, and I think that precedent kind of carried on for us the season, and people are like, oh, this is how Mike is, you know, like, Mike is very into, like, high-tasting food, this is just his thing, um, what, so... I heard you earlier saying that you were trying to play like a little strategy early. Was that part of your strategy as well? No. Or was so okay. here's what happened, okay? Which people don't understand. Okay. So a lot of that was kind of reality, what happened, but also like, you know, TV shows and Netflix like this, they kind of steer the ship in whatever direction they want to go in, right? So mm. anyway, so we all sit down, you know, it's a bunch of people I don't know, right? Fair, a bunch of chefs I don't know. And so they're like, all right, everybody taste and just kind of talk about the dish, right? So we would taste and we would talk about it. And we were all being nice, myself included. So you don't want to just like talk smack about someone's food you don't even know, right? But then the thing is the producers kept coming out. Hey, say what you really think. Say what you really think. We need the content. Say what you really think. What do you, because like, and you know, I went to CIA in New York. So I had years of chefs tasting it and just critiquing everything. Oh, too much salt, cut too big, too overcooked, undercooked, whatever. Flavors don't match, whatever it is, too much lemon. And so like, I knew exactly what, like, 
what was right or wrong with each of the plates, you know? So I think the camera made me seem more mean, but like I said, they told us to do it. Like they yeah. told us to do it. Um, and then also like, I would, I also, I'm, I'm a big fan of the compliment sandwich. So you say like, Hey, great presentation. This is a little overcooked, but that sauce is money. So I would say something like that, but then they would only take the middle of me being like, Oh, that's overcooked. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, I, I would consider myself a pretty nice guy in real life. So like, and most of the people found that out by the end of the show, at least the people that lasted were like, yeah, Mike's a good guy, you know? Okay. Um, so that's just kind of like net Netflix steering the ship for that. I would think. <laughs> so Mike, you were there the entire time you were in that house the entire time. And so you had a lot of individual time with a lot of different people. Were there any friendships or bonds we didn't get to see in the show? Are there any people you still keep in touch with to this day? Um, what can you share about that? Yeah, so I would say um, I thought most everybody in the house is pretty cool. You know, like, there's a lot of the guys, like, you know, I might not hang out with them. But if I was, like, for example, if I'm in, I think Sergey works in Santa Barbara. If I was in Santa Barbara, I'd definitely hit him up and, like, I'd get reservations at his restaurant and go check it out. You know? Um, but I would say for me, it's, like, some of the closest people I was to was Ed. Ed was freaking hilarious. And he actually has family that lives, like, 20 minutes from me. So oh, when cool. he comes to visit, I'll probably go hang out with him, you know? Um so there's that. Lana was really cool, you know, um, and she had a similar background to me. Both went to the same school. Uh, you know, she worked at some restaurants I was familiar with. And um, it's actually funny. I've met people in Michigan that know who Lana is. Like they've, they've personally known her. So that was kind of cool too. Um, you know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Sergey and Renee and Caroline, we were all in the same room together. So we, I kind of warmed up to them or vice versa near the end of the show. Like the last few days that we were all in there together. It was a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. And everybody else from the other rooms was eliminated. Our room stayed intact, like <laughs> almost the entire time until like we had to get rid of somebody, you know, the yeah. only person not in our room that lasted was Robbie. Everybody yeah. else was in our room at one point, which is pretty cool. Um, so definitely, uh, then I think about it. Speaking of bonds, uh, you and Gina, obviously you guys had that bond for the one challenge, um, but you guys completely killed it. And then the next challenge, <laughs> She kind of like jumps ship and then goes to Sergey, Caroline, and uh, oh, and Lana. Um, so I, I remember on the show, you were just like, uh, I really want to prove them wrong. And then, you know, you, Renee, Ravi, and uh, Ed kind of just kill the competition as a group as a whole. Uh, you, you bring out some crazy, like, uh, some coolant type thing where you, you freeze things. It was just such a good episode for you. But, um, what I mean, what was your mindset going through all that, man? Yeah. Couple things. Okay, so number one, I a lot of people ask this, and I chose Gina, um, you know, for that competition because I saw the aprons and I was like, "Yo, like, I bet." I was just guessing. I was like, "I bet the person who's left out just automatically gets eliminated." That's what I thought was mm. going to happen. So I'm like, I need to make sure I have a partner for this, and I and I, I thought about going for Lana or someone, but the problem is I feel like other people would try to go, so they might say no to me at that point. So I figured Gina was a good bet because she's pretty good. You know, she's a pretty good chef. And um, I figured like not a lot of people would go for her because she was at the bottom of the first challenge. So that's why I went for Gina that first time. But then anyway, and, and by the way, Gina, and I did pretty good. Um, I think we might've won that one too, if it was a different judge, to be honest, but whatever, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so had her and then she jumped ship the next round. But also, we had a conversation earlier that morning of like, hey, guys, if it's like 4v4 four, four four, four for this, what do you uh, – or 5v5, five five, I forget which one it was, whatever. 
Um, do you guys want to keep the same group we had the last round? Because we won the last round. So why wouldn't we just win again? You know? And they were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody said, yeah, including Gina and Lana. They all said, yeah, right? So I was like, oh, cool. So we got the team. It's already decided. They're going to announce the thing. I'll just throw them in the aprons like I did for Gina. And then they announced the ticket, but then Gina and Lana jumped ship. And Robbie and I are like, what the heck, bro? Like, are you freaking serious right now? So yeah. then that made me want to win even more. You know, I'm like, screw this. Like, I want to freaking, you know, destroy them. But uh, it was great. <laughs> Because it's a tasting menu, and I literally do tasting menus for a living, which is a little different from an a la carte restaurant to do a tasting menu. There's different things that you just kind of have to think about that normal people wouldn't. Like if you work in an a la carte restaurant, you you know you serve, you know an entree, maybe some apps, and then they get dessert if they want, right? But a tasting menu, you really have to plan out each course. You can't have like every course be really heavy or every course be really big, etc. Whatever the problem is. So I literally do this for a living. So that really suited my cooking style really well. And then also it was seasonal, that challenge. And I only cook in seasons for my business. So every month I do a new menu based on whatever is available for that season. Um, and so that that was like my bread and butter. And then so mm. because of that, we slayed it. You know, um, it was actually funny when we were planning the menu, not for all the dishes, but for most of them. Uh, I was like, hey, guys, I do this for a living. Do you want me to just shoot out ideas that I've personally done in the past and you tell me if you like them or not? And they're like, sure. So I would just say fall for the first course. And I would just shoot a bunch of ideas that like, oh, we like that one. Let's do that. And then we made the menu so quick. It took like 10 right. minutes to make the menu. <laughs> um, and then also, so what happened with that uh, that mousse in that contest? So um, we had this like mango mousse that Renee mm. made, which tasted really good. The problem was in the amount of time that we had, it wasn't setting. So either it just wasn't setting in general, not enough gelatin or whatever she used to set it, or it just needed more time to set. But the problem is we were on a time restraint, right? So they're all, so, so I'm making pasta or duck or whatever I was doing. And then I hear people talk about the moose, like, Hey man, the moose isn't set. And I'm like, what do you mean the moose isn't set? Like we got to have this set. I got to win this, you know? <laughs> um, so I go in there, I run to the fridge, I look at the mousse, I go, yeah, shoot, that's not set. It was almost like a thick whipped cream, right? I'm like, dang it, you know, so it's not a mousse. So I'm thinking of all these ideas I can do. And I'm like, you know what? I bet you I could probably, I bet you it's going to set if it gets cold enough. So I dump some liquid nitrogen on it, put it back in the fridge and kind of let that, that uh, chill kind of like separate through the yeah. mousse. And then, um, you know, dumped it out, hit it with a little bit more liquid nitro just to kind of like get it to set again. And then the end product was actually like better than I could have imagined. Uh, I think I, I think I mentioned on the show it was like it was like a semi Fredo, which is like a set ice cream topped mm -hmm. with like a thick whipped cream that all tasted like mango, and it was pretty freaking good. Like I was like, dang, this is wild. So uh, yeah, that was that was a little bit of expertise, a little bit of luck for that one for me. Yeah, it was it was just crazy because I, I I think Ed specifically said the last interview he was like, uh, "Mike is the mad wizard." I, I remember even in the show no, seeing was, everybody. Was used... I remember what he said. It was so funny. <laughs> He's like, "Yo, so Plan A didn't work, so we had Plan B." Yeah. And then Mike comes in with Plan C, <laughs> and then he was like, "The force is strong with this one." That's what he said. It was so funny. Um, yeah, food is a science, and you are an amazing scientist uh mike um so i i want to jump forward a little bit in the game i believe it was final seven there was a time where i believe on the show you said you did not want to be the taste tester you wanted to compete in the challenge and then 
Gina, according to the edit, convinced you to be the taste tester. Do you, can you like talk about like what happened in that moment? What changed your mind? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was pretty confident at that point in the game that I wasn't gonna get out get out that round. So I'm like, whatever, I'll just freaking cook, you know. Um, but then, uh, it was that it wasn't Gina. It was actually Caroline. Mm. Caroline convinced me. And I was, and they didn't show this, but I was talking about like, you know, I'm on Netflix. I want people to see me. I want people to see me cook as much as possible, you know, whatever. And then Caroline, number one was like, Hey bro, like if you're the judge, the whole episode is going to be about you, you know, that, right. You know, and stuff like that. But also then she said like, plus everybody trusts you. You're going to be the most fair. No one on your team is going to be fair at this point. Just make, you know, we know you, all you care about is the food. So let's just make you, that's why we all want you to be the judge. You know, you should just do it. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Like, I'm not going to fight if like they want me to be the judge, you know? So I just did it. And then obviously it is kind of nice knowing that I get to skip to the next round. Right. Like I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it at all. Like I was for sure going to make it. Um, I was kind of bummed though. Cause that challenge I would say was the least like, like I got to taste everybody's sauces and things once we finished all the challenges. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the, like the worst tasting challenge, the whole game, <laughs> but it's also pretty <laughs> tough. Like, to put, like, Parmesan in a dessert is, like, how do you freaking do that? Like, I don't even yeah. know where to start, Um, you know. So, uh, it was, you know, it was whatever, you know. I had a good time, though, and it was uh, pretty cool. One thing that people don't know is each time you rated the dishes, there was, like, this set criteria. It was, like, presentation, technique, taste, creativity, right? And so, what I did is I did something like you would do it culinary school i gave them points out of 10 for each thing so every recipe had like presentation 9 out of 10 6 out of 10 whatever and then i'd go through each person and i'd grade it like that and then if they had a problem with how i graded it they can just talk to me i'll say no bro that was a 9 out of 10 look what a 10 out of 10 was that's obviously better plating than yours right and you can't even argue that like this is way cleaner way neater way harder to do right so i would talk to them like that and um you know, so I, I pretty much wasn't taking any, like, backlash on it. I'm like, hey, guys, this is what I tasted. This is what your point score is. But they didn't show any of that either, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think, honestly, the, about the whole thing, too, it's like I thought about it after it aired. And part of me wishes that, like, there was criteria for each competition, right? And some of that criteria is, like, technique. And I think I kind of got screwed a couple times on the technique because it's like if I did something really hard to do but I didn't do it perfectly – I feel like that's still better than someone who did something really simple, but nailed it. Does that make sense? It's like, I can make yeah. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I could kill it. It could be the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich you've ever had, but it's still a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so I, I thought, you know, that didn't play in my favor. And then, you know, the last round, you know, um, it also didn't play in my, or it started, it didn't play in my favor either because, you know, at the end of the day, the pressure crew was about more than food mm-hmm. and Robbie's just an eccentric, nice guy. You know, he's, he's the best. Right. And so like everybody, including me a little bit, wanted Robbie to win (laughs) at that point. Right. So uh, I think that really played in his favor for sure at the end there. Yeah. So I was going to ask about that actually. Um, so obviously, uh, you had the option to pick who you wanted to go against, which I don't know if you were like expecting that, but for me as a viewer, I was completely not expecting that whatsoever. So I thought that was crazy. Um, but what, was it that made you pick Robbie over Sergey and Renee? Yeah. So, um, so number one, Robbie and I were kind of like in cahoots the whole game. You know what I'm saying? Like we were 
almost every team challenge we were together, like for the larger teams, right? And then um uh also like there was this point to where like a hundred thousand dollars was on the line and he just I thought he needed the money just based on some conversations we had had in the house more than Sergey or Renee. You know, because like for example, for me to win a hundred thousand dollars at this time in my life isn't super life-changing, gonna be honest. You know, the one thing I would have spent it on is this commercial kitchen I've been working on, which I mentioned, mm -hmm. and I almost have it all paid for already. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even like a big, it's not even like a big deal for me, but for some people it matters a lot more. Like he got married this year. Mm -hmm. Um, He was having some trouble in some of his businesses he was talking about before, right before the show he came on. Um, It's just some different stuff. So I think it was a really still a good thing that he won that money, you know? Nice. Um, so obviously you pick Lana as your sous chef, uh, and you guys are creating your entire like list and everything for the menu. Um, so first of all, did you expect to have your previous castmates as your judges was the first question. Um, but also when you pick Lana, uh, what made you pick her over everyone else? Yeah. So, um, for Lana, I was going based off just what I thought skill level was. But I guess, like, you know, Lana, Lana's a great chef, but, you know, I think Sergey would have maybe been a better choice for me for that one. Um, you know, but it was Lana's background, which made me choose her. She, uh, she, like I said, she went to the same school. I could tell her, cut this, bring wah. And she would know exactly what the size I'm looking for, right? Mm -hmm. um, like when some of the other chefs may not know, which just adds complications. And then also, too, um, I just know that the restaurants she worked at were super good. And I was like, oh, I bet you she's got some stuff she never got to display on the camera. So that's why I wanted to choose Lana. And she's super nice, too, you know. So I wanted to choose Lana for that. Um, but, you know, I could have went with Sergey. I could have went with Renee. Would have been fine. Caroline would have been fine, too. You know, any of those guys I would have been totally cool with cooking with. Okay. Um, so I'm going to jump back a little bit uh, to the color challenge uh, mm -hmm. where it was all um, – so the how did you process watching it back because the according to the show you were kind of just you were kind of just doing everything like you you were the man in that moment like you were uh it, it was your moment so how did you process watching that back yeah so so it's pretty funny so number one right a lot of those competitions i actually had like tons of extra time they just made it seem like i did like i literally like there was probably half of those competitions i'm standing around like nothing i can do you know maybe, maybe i move something and then i move it back yeah you know, like, like there was nothing there was nothing for me to do because like like for example the competition with me and gina we had one hour to work on one dish for two chefs it's like there's a point to where it's just going to get too complicated if you just keep adding stuff right so we were done right um and uh so for for that green challenge they gave us the ticket at like 5 p.m and said, hey, you guys have till midnight to prep. And I was mm. like, sweet. So I have an Amuse and a final product. I have six hours, five hours, or six or seven hours to prep this, great. So I literally used all of my time up until 11.45. <laughs> and then we had 45 minutes the following day, the day of, we had 45 minutes to execute it. And I had three chefs at my disposal. So I'm like, I have way too much time. Like it was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like I had like, like that halibut, right? It was, I made a halibut sausage, a mousseline, made it green, 
put it on top of the fish, put a mosaic of herbs in it, sous vide it so it's already cooked. And then I chilled it, buttered it up, got, got it on a sheet tray. All I was going to do was heat it up. You put it in the oven, take it out of the oven. That's all I had to do for the halibut. Day of. It was all finished. Um, Like my pastas were all made. It's a 90-second cook, right? Uh, My sauces were all ready. I just had to heat them up. Pretty much everything was just heating up the day of. So the reason I have everybody standing around is because simply there wasn't anything for anyone to do. Like, mm-hmm. even if it was just me executing it all, I wouldn't start until five, 10 minutes out to cook and plate everything. Um, I had timers for everything. I would be like, all right, Hal, what's going in in 20 minutes? I'd stand there and we'd just wait. <laughs> so, um, so it was pretty funny, you know, and everybody was like, hey, like, I feel kind of useless. And I'm like, yeah, but there was nothing we could do. And there's a point even where Sergey says, hey, don't you want me to get these heated up? I go, no, because when you heat up a green sauce, it starts to be less green the longer it holds hot. Mm. I don't know why that happens. It just starts to turn brown, like pretty much any green sauce. So I'm like, no, like I don't want my stuff to turn brown. So I waited till five minutes before and then heated everything up and plated it. Right. Wow. Um. So that's why everybody was standing around there. It was like it wasn't me being a jerk or not wanting to help. It was like I just didn't freaking need the help. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that Jake brought that up. I completely forgot about that, but I'm, I'm so glad that we touched up on that. Um, so also real quick, uh, is there any skills that you picked up from other people that you kind of incorporated into your cooking um, expertise? Because I saw a lot of people uh, start using <laughs> liquid nitrogen uh, during the show after you did it. So yeah, and a like, lot oh. of them, it was their first time using it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would say um, that round that Gina I did with the elk, she made this burnt onion powder. So she charred onions to bits, added like coriander and cumin and salt and made it to this powder. And it was pretty tasty. So I've used that a couple times, um, you know, since the competition. And besides that, I can't really think of anything where I, I got a uh, first staff meal one day. Caroline taught me to make, um, uh, I call, I think they're called platanos, which is like fried plantain things, but, they're a little different than just like plantain crisps. They're like almost like a French fry kind of, um, or to, to tostados or something like that. Those mm. are pretty good. So I've made those a couple times. Um, yeah, besides that, not really, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there was like, I saw a lot of techniques, like, but it's like, I already know how to do that. So it was like, whatever, you know, got it. Mike, I have a hypothetical for you really quickly. Um, <laughs> Imagine five years down the line, you get a phone call. They're doing pressure cooker all stars. They got to have Chef Mike back. Would you do it? Oh, 100%. 100%. I, you know what's funny? Just good answer. Like, based, on, based on some of the content I've gotten from people, uh, what people are saying, like on Twitter and personally messaging me and stuff. Number one, it would be like a disservice to not have me back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we'll see if the show does good and they have a few more episodes i bet you they'll have a an all-stars thing or whatever at some point you know so we'll see um so going into the finale now that we're kind of getting to like towards the end of the interview um so uh what was your mindset going into prepping your final dishes uh your selection process and all that yeah so um so number one uh what a lot of people don't know is like People watching the show assume we knew stuff that we didn't know. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So all they told us is 
we were going to prep a three-course menu. Okay? That's all they told Robbie and I. We're going to prep a three-course menu for 12 people. Or they didn't even say 12. They, they said They said like 10 people, I think, or something like that. But then they threw in a loophole later that said, actually, it's going to be four courses. You're going to add a dessert, and it's going to be for more people. Wow. I think it was to get us to, to imagine that it's not the past contestants was, I think, what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Um, so anyway, so we didn't know. So anyway, so when I'm planning my menu, I'm thinking, what can I execute in like X amount of time? Because I figured they got to give me like, I don't know, maybe four hours or something to complete all of this. So what can I get done? And then what could I like, if I had to, could I lose this on a dish? Could I not do this and still make it all work? Right. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking is like, what can I do under a time restraint? Like Robbie did a braise, I think at some point, I'm trying to remember, he used the pressure cooker for something. Um, and like, I, I wanted to steer clear of that. Cause I wanted to make sure I had enough time for everything. If they gave me three hours, three and a half, whatever it was, I wanted to make sure I could get everything done. So that was kind of my, my gist. And then I did um, a lot of techniques that I've done for my tasting menus in the past. So some of it was repeat. Some of it was a little new, just based on what I had available to me, but a lot of mm -hmm. it was repeat dishes for me. Uh, so were you, uh, cause I think Robbie was when, when we spoke to him. So do you get any, like, did you get any like inklings or hear anything about like the discussions of like, uh, the selection process when people are picking which dishes they liked more? Like, uh, did you hear the criteria or any feedback from everyone else? I didn't hear any of that. Okay. Uh, so also I was on the opposite side of the kitchen as Robbie. So Robbie could hear a little bit of what they were saying. I couldn't hear anything. You know, I was like over you know, on the far side of the kitchen mm -hmm. when they were doing all the testing and rating and all of that. Now we did get a ticket that said it's going to be more, about more than just food. And I was like, dang it. They're all going to vote for Robbie. That's, that's what I thought. I'm like, shoot, my, my chance, my chance to, you know, push ag is like, I think a lot of people liked me, but like I said, Robbie's just such a good guy. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. he's eccentric. So like, I was like, dang it. You know, Robbie's got this in the bag at this point. Right. So uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty funny. Did you expect any sort of like vote or jury vote or, or anything like that whatsoever? Oh, uh, can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. Did you expect there to be a vote of any kind whatsoever? I, I figured it would be some type of vote. Yeah. Okay. You know? So, um, yeah, so it was a little surprise to me, you know, but hey, that's how the pressure cooker is, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just also wanted to say, um, so because we asked this last time um when you did see the past contestants starting to come in and everything uh did you interact with any of them or like what was your mindset with that as well um when they were walking in i was kind of busy with all my stuff because i had to make a bunch of crepes and then you know there wasn't enough duck cell made so i had to make more of that and do some other things and get all organized so i honestly i was kind of in cooking mode like i said hey to some people but that was pretty much it you know i just <laughs> yeah. kind of got my head down and kept cooking I got one last question for you, Chef Mike, and it is, if you could do anything differently, would you? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think if I could do something differently looking back at it, you know, there's just like some mistakes that I had made cooking that I would have not wanted to make, you know, especially because mm. it's like I undercooked pasta twice. Right. And I felt like an idiot and like my chefs are watched it and everything. And they probably think I'm an idiot too, but like, you know, it's, it's a little challenging. Like 
like cooking on this on like in this new format on the screen because mm-hmm. number one like food waits for a while it waits for like 15 or 20 minutes until they actually freaking eat it number one and number two is like you're kind of nervous it's on tv whatever so i just wish like some of those things like, i know i can cook pasta right you know what i'm saying i've done it a million times but i undercooked it twice because i was nervous about time restraints and all that <laughs> um another thing that i learned as well is like you really gotta know whenever you're cooking food you really got to know who your audience is. Because you know how I mentioned the whole thing about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It's like, for for culinary school French chefs, what I'm talking about makes total sense. They're going to look and be like, this was way harder to make than this. The mm-hmm. average client does not know that, right? The client doesn't know that I spent four hours on this or one. It doesn't matter. Is it good or is it not good, right? Um. So that's something that I'm trying to kind of take into my business now in the future is something that I learned on that show and I could have done differently on there is like, Hey, I don't need to make this really hard. I just need to make it taste good depending on Mm -hmm. who's judging my food or who's tasting it. Right. Um, so now the task is make it taste just as good as something simple while still making it hard and, um, complicated and like showing a lot of technique to make it is kind of my goal for the future as a chef. Okay. Um, and I guess my last question for you is now that you've done this show, uh, if there's another not opportunity to do another show, uh, cooking related or not, like, what would you do it? Yeah, I think for, for cooking, at least cooking shows, I would, I would definitely, uh, be interested. Okay. Um, obviously there's some of the shows I hear that like, apparently I'm not sure about this. Some of the shows, I think you have to leave for like a long time, like months to film, mm. like maybe top shop or something. I'm not sure. So that might be a consideration, but besides that, I think I'd be willing to kind of do most shows, you know, I'm actually probably going to send an, an email to like some of the food network shows and stuff just to see if I can get on. Cause after going on pressure cooker, I feel like a lot of guys would be willing to have me on their shows. Cause people recognize me now They'd be like, Oh, that's the pressure cooker guy. Right. So, um, <laughs> we'll see. Awesome. All right, Mike, thank you so much for talking to us. This is such a great interview and, uh, you kept us so entertained. Uh, I, I can at least, tell you our listeners and our viewers i've, I've gotten so many mike was robbed <laughs> comments it's crazy um so th- they love you we love you and uh you you were awesome on the show so thank you so much for talking to us hey thanks for having me guys all right bye bye with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.